0: Today, we're missing Corwin due to uh, some holiday work scheduling nightmare that he has to, uh, he has to deal with on his own, um, or he has to deal with at work, which means I am on my own for today, uh, which, you know, he will be missed. What a shame. Uh, But, yeah, so this will probably end up being a shorter one since I don't have my guy to usually... Uh, bounce my ideas off of and to to give his input on things, but that is okay. as we roll into the holiday season. Uh, Recording this on uh, December 23rd, so this will be coming out uh, Christmas Eve, and uh, in honor of the holiday, I wanted to talk about some of our favorite, our best baseball players who were born on Christmas, as I'm sure we'll see plenty of on Twitter throughout the day. Uh, as well as the recently released CC Sabathia documentary that came out on HBO Max a couple days ago, uh, so I guess let's uh, let's actually probably let's start there so we can close on some of the holiday stuff. So uh, HBO Max Sports or whatever it is that they call it released their documentary that followed CC Sabathia around for parts of the 2019 MLB season. CC's Final season in baseball, his final season in pinstripes, and gave some background and history on CC, the man, the player, um, and all that came with both. And uh, I just, I just watched it uh, today, the day I'm recording this, and you know, CC was one of my favorite baseball players. Uh, he's a guy that for whatever reason, I, I, I can't put a finger on really resonated with me, uh, on some level. Um, he, he was a player that always wore his heart in the sleeve. I think that resonates with me a lot. Um, and he's always just seemed like a, like a, like a really good dude. And and in addition to being a phenomenal baseball player. So I, I'm not quite sure where in those lines, it, it, um, especially, he especially touched me as, as a fan, but, uh, there it sat. Uh, and so I was really excited to see the documentary, uh, which my, I guess my only real complaint with is that it, 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 I mean, it's only an hour and seven minutes. This shit could have been two, three, four fucking hours and you wouldn't catch me complaining for a damn. Um, it, it touched on a lot of really great and interesting, uh, points in not only that don't only apply to CC given that it is a documentary about him, but but I think also um, reflect certain parts of what it means to be a person and what it means to be an athlete that we don't often see as much be, be talked about in in a grand stage, um, which I think also lend itself well to, to um, or would have lended itself well to, um, a longer format, but it talks about, uh, what, you know, CC's relationship with baseball was and and how that was defined in part by his relationship with his father. It talks about a little bit about CC being a baseball player, being a black baseball player. It talks about CC's, um, relationship with alcohol and his alcoholism, um, success, his relationship with his kids and his wife. there was a lot of meat on the bones when it came to it, and I and God damn, do I wish this thing was longer so we could have got gotten more of it. Um, but it was it was really beautifully done, and uh, I I I it I, I took a lot of things away from it that I, I really look forward to to rewatching this a little bit over time and 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 sitting on and and, and thinking on um cuz one of the one of the things for me that i thought was ridiculous that i hadn't even thought about was was CC's return from rehab and what that really meant um because i i think you know there, there there's a better understanding around or or appreciation for or whatever the Right term would be around the, the 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 mental illness side of things as as it pertains to alcoholism within the greaterness of society, but because it was in a baseball context, I I can't help but think that at the time, you know, you almost think about CC coming back. Me, I should say, almost thought about CC coming back from rehab, as coming back from any other illness. You know, like, you know, CC was down with. Uh, Torn, you know, like uh, CC had a torn hamstring, and you know, or uh, Tommy canely had a had a had a pulled hamstring, and and, and CC's back from rehab, and, you know, coming off the IR, and here we go, or the IL, or whatever they call it in baseball now. Um, and what a surface level thought that really is, and how much you know really goes into that, and how little control you have to have over yourself to get to that point. And I know it's such a a. Uh, surface level thought, um, that I wouldn't have in any other context, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot going on right now about, uh, on Twitter about, about, you know, John Mulaney going back to rehab, and, which is, you know, a terrible thing to have, have a relapse for, for any self-destructive activity. Um, but because, I think the nature of comedy is that it's it's personal and you get a glimpse into who that guy is and and, and what he goes through to, to whatever extent they allow you to on stage. There's still that part of it that with athletes, we don't necessarily get because they're put in a box that is, I know how much you make. I know what stats you do. Um, you know, I know what you put on the field. I can measure your production down to the win. And. Seeing the struggles outside of an on the field context, I think, is something I didn't realize I was missing until I I saw this. Um, and you know, like I, I know people who have had to go through rehab. You know, uh, my my own dad is an alcoholic, and I I've, I've heard stories about him going through rehab because he did that shit before I was born. And, you know, like, I, I have some understanding of it. Um, and it really showed a gap in my, I guess, emotional understanding as it pertains specifically to athletes. And, and especially jarring, this is an athlete that I absolutely adore. I love CC. Um, and to hear him talk about it, not just as, you know, the illness that it is, and not just as the thing that he had to go through, but also hearing how he kind of benchmarked how well he was doing mentally or with that addiction with baseball and how that was being used. You know, he says in the documentary that that he knew he was bad when he showed up to an October game at Camden Yards that's where the Baltimore Orioles play um still drunk from the night before and how the only way he felt like he could make it to his bullpen session was if he had some some hair of the dog to get him through it and then that was the moment that he knew that he couldn't handle that he was fully out of control is that it was it was starting to impair his work um his game and i i think there's something to be said to that especially you know pitchers have their their rituals, they have their routines, and, and those routines are, are predicated around the idea of this is what you got to do to be right. You know, and this is what you got to do to do your job right, and this is what you got to do to function. And to have that be how he determined where where his standing was in his game, I think, was an aspect of it that you, you understand conceptually, but to have it laid out, I think, was especially impactful. Because, you know, you see a guy getting by and you think, well, he's going through some shit, but he's getting by. And, you know, listening to see talk about it and 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 walk you through it, you realize he wasn't getting by. In in the public eye, he might have been getting by to some extent. His numbers on the field weren't great, and there was a, they showed you know a video of, of a TMZ-laden incident uh, in Toronto, but he wasn't getting by, and I think, we, and you know this might be me specifically, I might be overgeneralizing, but the idea of seeing your athletes is more than just you know home runs, singles, strikeouts, and walks is can can be challenging because of the general discourse around it you know and i think that's one of the things that cc did for me specifically more so than any other athlete that i really have paid attention to over the course of my life because i think what makes c such a relatable dude is that you know at 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 the in the last few seasons of his career where i was most attuned to what he was doing and saying and and involved with and, and uh, where he was talking and all that and trying to just pay attention to him as a man more because I just, because he just resonated with me when he was on the mound is how emotionally aware he was and how okay that was how good that was, you know, like they, they played a clip from his, uh, his right after his, his speech at Yankee stadium, right before his final start, um, of the regular season and you know he's walking off the mound with a bunch of the other guys and he was like you know you know damn like I didn't want to cry and now I'm crying and that sucks because I, I didn't want to cry and you know there's something to be said about you know 30 40 year old dude who's out there in front of you know several thousand people his family his friends co-workers all these people pro- professional athletes, you know all of it. Who was who was getting emotional, tearing up, weeping, and not trying to like play it off or cover it up. Like like you know, here I am. I am experiencing this emotion because this is this is a big moment, and I'm living in that. And I understand that. I'm accepting that. I am I'm okay with that. I wish I wasn't. <laughs> I wish I was better prepared for this moment, and it, or, or or that I had braced for it well enough that I wouldn't cry. But but to have even and it might seem like such a minor thing, but but you know, I I think there is a tendency to to kind of cover that shit up, you know, to to make it be like, nah, I ain't crying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, like you know, give me a minute, I'm gonna you know get a water and then I'll be back out there ready to pitch, and it, you know, even just that that little moment of acknowledgement of the emotion meant something. It really it really did because you know even. I, you know, I, I too am, am a heart on my sleeve kind of guy, and you know, even even then, I I, I try to not act like I'm going to get so emotional over over you know sports stuff because yeah, it's fucking sports, but you know the things that you devote your life to. Granted, CC devoted baseball his life to baseball significantly more than I did, um, and he went through way more shit during his sports lifetime than than. I certainly have and likely will. Um, You know, it, it, it's heartwarming to, to see that type of emotional acceptance and awareness. And it's a little bit validating too, that like, you know, C is sad that he's retiring. I'm sad that he's retiring. You know, I don't have to just brush that off as being like, yeah, my favorite pitcher retired. No, it, it, it was sad i remember being sad i remember almost crying if i didn't or if i did i might have jesus that wasn't even that long ago um and and you know to again it might seem obvious but i i i think when it comes to athletes there is a separation in there that i don't think anyone really or I don't think most of us really feel, but we either act like there is, or we get accustomed to talking about it in that type of way. Uh, That I think this documentary just did such a great job kind of peeling back a bunch of layers on it, you know? um, Like, listen to CC talk about, it's called under the grapefruit tree because CC used to throw uh, grapefruits from his mother, his grandmother's grapefruit tree in her backyard in Vallejo. And, you know, even just that concept of like throwing shit around, pretending like you're, uh, you know, pitching in in a, in a World Series game or some shit. That's some shit we all did, you know. And again, it's like you know, I, I there's clips of CC playing little league ball. I played little league ball. There, there's those common ground things that you know exist. You know, no guy just like pumped up in a minor league system and then just went and played in the majors, um, but getting to peel it back and getting that goofy shit of like, I'm going to throw grapefruits in my backyard and pretend like I'm, I'm pitching. I there's, there's a tree in my backyard. I used to do that shit too, too, you know? And those little moments of recognition and those little moments of relatability help those larger moments be put into a, a better emotional context. Um, and CC has been a pretty public do with with uh, a lot of this shit in the past so i had some sort of context for it going into the documentary and it was still uh really beautiful to see it laid out like this you know it was great seeing um you know guys like adam jones talking about what it meant to see uh cc as as an african-american player doing what he does uh at at i forget what the event was that that they were all getting together for to, to to you know talk, talk about C, but, but, and, and that moment was beautiful because, you know, it was people close to CC talking him up and saying what he means to them, which that expression of love and admiration. Also, I don't think we usually get quite so much of released so personal with when it comes to our athletes, but that's also a moment that I think in a, in, in a larger sense, or could have been expanded into, into an, hour in of itself uh if this had been a multi-part feature um you know like this could that could have been a whole episode last dance style um where they spent an hour just talking about that because of and it it gets that brief moment of of discussion as c talks about you know being put in the same category as fergie jenkins and bob gibson which is i i mean you know dudes that you read about yeah you, know, you know lucky if you're old enough to have seen them and i that's how i feel like i'm going to end up being about c when when uh you know 10 20 years goes by and we start talking about him a little bit more after after he already makes the hall of fame first ballot um but you know baseball has had a rocky history with races we've talked about on the podcast many many times and it's something that i would love to hear cc talk about more since he, he was the most famous ah, or at least top three, most famous African-American baseball players, uh, his, basically his whole career and what that burden must've been and what he thinks baseball needs to do to, to grow and change and how he thinks he's helped shape it. Um, and I've heard CC talk about that in, in other places, but I, I think, um, Anyone who's going to watch this documentary and hasn't had that uh, experience with him would be would uh, be greatly to their benefit to, to hear more about it because it is a very captivating part of the sports world in general, the baseball world specifically, and CC Sabathia's life. And I, I think that conversation is massively important. And, oh, God, this really could have been like a four-hour feature and I would have been totally cool with it. Um, and I'm really glad that they focused in a little bit on the milestones here and there, and they talked about the 3,000th strikeout, they talked about the 250th win, um, you know, all those things that were really, really iconic within the last his the last season of his career. But they didn't make those so heavily the feature piece about it. They spent a lot more time talking about see the man. And the life without rooting it too much in the, you know. First, I was in Akron, and you know, working my way up to the minors, and then I played in. I don't even know where the fuck Cleveland's <laughs> affiliate ball teams are. No fucking clue. Um, but like, I'm glad it wasn't quite so chronological. It jumped around a lot, time period to time period, and I, I really like that it took a more sporadic approach to it as it built the time frame around the topic. Rather than building the topic around the time frame, um, not for any particular reason, I guess. Per, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I, you know. I don't. I'm not trying to weigh the cost-benefit analysis of doing it one way versus the other, but I, I can appreciate how this film wanted to focus more so on. Here is a part of my life, and here are the moments that shaped that to some extent. Guided it or informed it, and framed it more that way than saying, "Here's what I was in 2008, and then here's what I was in 2009, and then here's what I was in 2010," and not that I think that that's poor. I'm just I enjoy the decision as it was presented and in the execution thereof. Um, I think this is a wonderful tight hour and seven minutes i i think i I hope we get more of these from not just c but from other players who have stories to tell so many of them do um and i think this is this is a great format for more players to be have have the chance to 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 tell their stories uh, and what they've gone through to get where they are Again, we, we often see the the glitz and glamour, especially when you think of the Yankees. You think about Derek Jeter, and, you know, going to bars and having really pretty girlfriends and, you know, Mr. Perfect. Um, when the reality is that's not what most guys go through, or at least that's not what all guys go through, especially high-profile guys. We're all humans with our own lives. And um, I think C's story is important. I think it was told with great heart. Uh, and again, the thing that captures me about C is that even though I can personally relate to almost none of what he has experienced or gone through, um, not a professional baseball player, not an alcoholic, not black, not from California, not 40, <laughs> don't got kids, ain't married, none of that shit. For some reason, he is such a... I don't know. He's he's a guy I've just looked up to so much, and a guy that resonates with me at, at such a frequency that um, this documentary really hit a lot of really great, touched on a lot of parts of him that I am so glad to 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 get more of a glimpse into and to hear him talk more about, and to better inform my picture of who he is as a man. Because as much as highly as I thought of C going into this, I only came out thinking of it him more highly. Um, same thing with Amber. She's great. Uh, she's also a phenomenal Instagram follow, uh, the C, the Sabathie family rocks. Um, (laughs) they're always doing goofy shit and, uh, you know, getting a chance to, to hear from Amber and, uh, and C's eldest kid, um, I, again, I think just just helps paint a broader picture of who, you know, this guy that I rooted for for eleven years or so, uh, really is, and I'm very appreciative of his career and who he is as a, as a man and uh, the stories that this documentary had to tell. So, I. Highly recommend it. You know, I know we have a a whole different podcast that talks just about uh, movies and such, but I just wanted to give that a shout out because if you listen to this podcast, you know I fucking love CC Sabathia. Um, I was so excited when I heard this was coming out. I truly hope they keep doing this for C or for other players. Either one, I'll take both. Um, But Under the Grapefruit Tree on HBO Max, check it out. The other thing I wanted to do real quick in honor of the holidays, the best players born on Christmas Day. Uh, so this should be a pretty like no shit list. If you are a, a baseball fan, this is a list that gets tossed around every uh, Christmas. So uh, for starters, our, our number one player for players born on Christmas has one hundred and eleven point two. Wins above replacement. He is a fan favorite. He's a personal favorite. Yeah, he's he's the the all time leader in stolen bases. Ricky fucking Henderson, uh, born on Christmas Day, Hall of Famer. Actually, the first, the top three dudes in WAR, all in the Hall of Fame. Pud Galvin, who played for fifteen years from eighteen seventy five to eighteen ninety two seventy three point five WAR in the Hall of Fame, and Nellie Fox. Who played 19 seasons from 1947 to 1965, uh, 49.5 war, also in the Hall of Fame. We have two other guys over 40 war. That's Ned Garver and Ben Chapman. Lloyd Brown comes in at 20 war. Uh, Ted Lewis, JoJo Moore, each with a little over 18. Manny Trio and Maury Rath, both with over 10. Uh, and those are the that is our top 10 and the only players with more than 10 war who were born on Christmas. Now, let's just out of curiosity. This is coming out December 24th, uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, and our greatest, wow, it's a huge shutdown. Our greatest December 24th, our best Christmas Eve baby is Kevin Millwood. He played from for 16 seasons from 1997 to 2012 with 12, 29.8. Wins above replacement. He is the only player with more than 10 war uh, born on December 24th. Our best player born on December 26th is Ozzie Smith. 76.9 wins above replacement. He's in the Hall of Fame. Second best player, Carlton Fisk. uh, 68.4 war. He is in the Hall of Fame. uh, And those are the only two players over 30. Also on December 26th, we got Chris Chambliss, Stu Miller, both over 20, Ray Sedecki, uh, Mike Minor, hey, no shit. Uh, Storm Davis, Omar Infante, Jeff King uh, are all the players over 10 war born on the 26th. Fuck okay, it, let's keep going with this. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> no Hall of Famers born on a uh uh december 27th uh cole hamels who is active currently leads this list with 59.4 war i am not sure cole is cole hamels going to the hall of fame hey rick porcello on this list too he's still playing uh this is just me rambling now jordan montgomery ooh, he's not going to the hall of fame uh cole hamels four-time all-star 2008 World Series champ, World Series MVP, NLCS MVP. Never really led the league, and anything that led the league in whip one season. That's it. No Cy Youngs. One top five finish. Uh, 2,500 strikeouts, 163 wins. Lefty. 59.4 WAR. If he plays in 2021, he plays well. Me. that's gonna be a weird case uh so hey maybe Cole Hamels will be our first uh born on December 28th let's just take it through the new year uh Ted Lyons Hall of Famer 70.4 war uh also over 50 we have Tommy Bridges with 50.3 and then over 10 we have Bill Spaceman Lee uh, with 22 Zane Smith with 20.2 Aurelio Rodriguez with 15.1, Ray Knight with 13.3, John Milner with 12.5, and B.J. Ryan with 11.6 on December, so one Hall of Famer. On December 29th, we've got no Hall of Famers. Devin White is our best player at 47.3. War, no active players in the top 10, Mm, December 30th. This is, like, so boring to listen to, but I'm actually, like, weirdly invested in this now. Uh, One Hall of Famer, born December 30th, our boy Sandy Koufax, the left-handed god, uh, in in the Hall of Fame with 48.9 war. um, Second place is A.J. Brzezinski? All right. 23.8. Those are the only two players over 10 war. um, Two very different players. Uh, born on December 30th and the final day of the year, December 31st, best player born December 31st is King Kelly, uh, who is in the Hall of Fame with 46 war, also above 10 wars. Sil Johnson at 27.4. Esteban Loaiza at 22.7. Rick Aguilera at 21.8. Bobby Byrne at 13.9. Tommy Byrne. Are they fucking related? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are they related? Born in Baltimore? Born in St. Louis? No. They can't be related. They could be related. All right, so Bobby Byrne played from 1907 to 1917. Tommy Byrne played from 1943 to 1950. It could be his kid. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Tommy Byrne. Baseball player was who? Do, tell me who your daddy was. Who was your daddy? Oh, so, Um. Fuck, man. No, I don't. Uh. Uh. Guess not? No. Nah, uh, if it would no, if they were related, it would say it on this on his on his Wikipedia page. There's no way they would leave that detail out. Alright, not related, but that's really fucking freaky. Alright, hold on, I'm just gonna look up Bobby Byrne real quick. Bobby Byrne Baseball player. Uh yeah, they're not related. <laughs> ah, it's okay. Nah that would've been cool. Uh well. Um, all right. So yeah, yeah, and then uh Brian Moeller and uh Calvin Herrera, the only other players with over ten were born on December thirty first. Anyway, so uh happy birthday for the episode that for the date this episode actually comes out, uh to only the good players who were born on December twenty fourth, um, which is uh who did I say? Which is uh, Kevin Millwood. He's it. Uh, active players uh, Miguel Castro, Andrew Romon, William Contreras, um, James Norwood, and that's it. Uh, also born on this day, Christmas babies. Happy birthday <laughs> to uh, Ricky Henderson, Pud Galvin, Nellie Fox, the Hall of Famers. Active players born on Christmas Day Garrett Cooper, Tanner, Rainey, Nabble Chrismat. Oh my god, who? nabble Chrismat? Um Alex Jackson. Uh, those are the four. Who the fuck is Nabble Chrismat? He's still playing. That's like an 1870s name. Uh fucking St. Louis Cardinals. Reliever. Alright. Uh guess that makes sense. Okay. Happy birthday, Nabel chrismat it's, it's Nabble Christmas for us all. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that's the show for this week. Um, Corwin should hopefully be back from his bizarro work schedule in time for our next episode. Thanks for listening to my rambling. So definitely check out the CC Sabathia documentary on HBO Max under The Grapefruit Tree. Um, and, uh, let's go, uh. I also, I, I'm, going to, I'm planning on talking about the uh, Jets winning a game, which sucks. Uh, I want to do that with Corwin, though, because of the implications of the Jets' win as it pertains to the draft, as a conversation worth having with him, because um, he is going to have better takes about draft implications and draft prospects than I will. Um, but I, if you're wondering, hey, is Josh upset? Yes, very, 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 very upset. I hate it. And I hate fucking team. Uh, but that's it for the show this week. Make sure you check out our Twitter page at Juice Pod. Uh, hit us up via email at numbers at gmail.com and uh, until Monday, y'all have a good one. There Merry- we